Welcome to Best True Crime Podcast, a division of Best True Crime Books, Games, and Video, LLC. I'm your lead investigator on this case, Judith A. Yates, award-winning true crime author, a criminologist, and a paranormal explorer. Every episode is an investigation where you and I explore true crime, forensics, historic cases, dark history, and criminal theory. We discuss the cases, share information, no chatter, no commercials, no off-topic. Now, grab your crime scene kit, a notebook, and your favorite hat. This is Best True Crime Podcast. The date is today. The place is your neighborhood. Your assignment is to learn about the history of Halloween, understand where some of the traditions and rituals come from, and why some people and organizations today are so afraid to celebrate the holiday. Our visiting chief investigator is Gail Carrier. Gail Carrier is a genealogist and historian who has studied and researched Halloween for many years. She is also an amateur astronomer, police psychic of over 40 years, a student of tarot cards since 1973, and an astrologist. Gail also enjoys paranormal investigation, and she has traveled across the globe in her studies. Because of its rich history and ties to so many important milestones across the world, Gail has studied and lectured on the holiday we call Halloween for years. She joins us now to discuss the history of Halloween. Okay, I'm with Miss Gail Carrier. And Miss Carrier, let's discuss the origin of Halloween first off. Oh yeah, fun conversation. Um, the origin of Halloween, I mean, actually, it's, it's the original Halloween idea is called Samhain. But the truth is, nobody really knows what the true origin of Samhain is or was, as the case may be. And we're going way back in antiquity. We've been going way back in time. You know, farming was everybody's bread and butter. And it was, it was really a harvest festival. But, you know, it fell in the fall of the year. And, you know, if you look at the calendar, the solar calendar, you have the summer solstice as long as day. Well, then right after that, about six weeks after that, you have the what's called Lugnasa, which is the first harvest. And that was when people harvested wheat. Well, then after that, you've got the autumnal equinox. Well, there's a lot of theory that the actual, actual Samhain was on the full moon after the the autumnal equinox and it was really just a time for people to get together you know they swapped stories they swapped goods and services it was probably a good time to find a date you know things like that it, it really was a big social event and I don't know what to say at this point I mean I'm so used to Halloween like everybody it being you know candy knocking on the door but all that did come with Halloween, the origins where people believed that the uh, spirits walked the earth. You know, there was a time when the veils between the earth was, you know, a lot thinner and people could cross over. We could get information because the Celtic people did believe in an afterlife. So they did want to, you know, consult with the people who had gone forward. You know, if they're missing loved ones and things of this nature, just like anybody else would do, anybody in this day and age. So 
And, and just Hello? in time, my cat is in the background meowing very loudly. So it must be some kind of serendipity thing. How did, <laughs> how did we get to associating witches and ghosts and goblins and black cats and all of this with, with Halloween? Well, it really has to do, you go back to the fact that Halloween was a time when we knew, well, or it was believed that the dead would walk the earth or the veils between the two worlds were very thin. And and anything spooky and all that would got associated with with uh, Halloween that way, because you see in the old days there were so many pagan feast days that the church fathers, the head of the church, said, "Hey, wait a minute, you guys are partying too much, so we're going to have one day a year when you can celebrate all these feast days, and that's going to be November first." Now we're talking about a shift to a calendar. Aside from, uh, you know, just watching the, you know, the seasons go by and the changes of the moon and things of this nature. So then, of course, there was Hallow All Hallows Evening. So then that became corrupted to All Hallows Eve. But also another fact about this is that a lot of the Celtic celebrations were done at night. And so for things to be taking place in the evening hours that are at night, hence the hallow evenings thing would have been uh, right on target. You know, that's just the way things are done. Okay, so I'm going to interject and just ask, a, when we talk about pagan religions, are we necessarily talking about worshiping the devil and worshiping trees and being evil and anti-Christian and anti-Jesus and all of this? you know, kind of, kind of give us a roundabout here of what that means exactly. Well, no, but the Celtic people, ancient Celtic people, at least it's my understanding, did not have a devil in the sense that we know of today. In fact, hell is, is a mod, uh, I shouldn't say modern concept, but I guess it is in view of the fact that the Celts have been around for thousands of years and Christianity only became a uh, national religion with the edict of Milan in 310. Constantine did that. He said, okay, we're going to have uh, Christianity become the main religion. But oddly enough, Constantine was kind of open-minded. He really didn't particularly care what religion somebody used. So a lot of things at that time with, you know, the so-called pagan religions and all that kind of all got in mixed together. It was later when, you know, the churches got together and decided, okay, well, this is what we're going to accept as our teachings. That's when things really began to change. And we're talking about, uh, by the year of 381 thereabouts, it was a, it was a time in history where people, you know, were finding themselves you know, open and honest, being able to do pretty much what they wanted to do religion-wise, but then things shifted after Constantine died. Okay, so are there any actual satanic holidays or special events or raising of the dead or worshiping the devil or what have you that actually take place on October 30th or 31st because I'm starting to hear this now you know when we were little kids it was the candy and it was the costumes and now I'm hearing from schools and people you know oh it's a devil worshiping 
event, you know, are there any actual holidays in the satanic religion? That is, that is done? not, I don't think so. I've not heard of any. I think a lot of that, a lot of that is, is what people are now doing. It's just something that's happened in the recent years. But Halloween has always been a fun time, and 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 I don't get it myself. Why all of a sudden, uh, you know, I people want to do this? Because to my knowledge, as long as I've studied Halloween and been around all of this stuff, I have never heard of anything regarding the devil. I I really think it's just a way, you know, to I don't know, maybe control people, maybe maybe do a lot of things that they probably wouldn't do. And anyone can put their own spin on Halloween and what it means. But I, I personally don't see that. I mean, I just have never seen that to be the case. You know, I just did a podcast on trick-or-treating and, and the stories about the poison and the candy and, and you know, people putting acid in the candy and such and how those myths all started and the truth about there's only happened a few times in the entire history that we know of of the whole trick-or-treating and I'm wondering that you say that that's interesting because could that be a way to control people to where now children and parents are put in fear of actually going trick-or-treating door to door because you know that used to be a highlight of, of, you know, I'm in my 50s, so it's not even that far away that that was such a highlight and a big time. And now I'm hearing so many parents talking about checking candy and not going trick-or-treating and do this trunk-or-treating thing. And now it's like people are scared. So I'm wondering if that's a control mechanism as well, besides a scare tactic. Well, you know, I would, I have to say that I believe that it is, it, you know, and uh, I had, there's a popular very popular craft store uh who says they don't they don't sell anything pertaining to halloween and i find that really weird you know there's whatever they may say that it is technically it is a harvest festival and they're not and they're saying something completely different and i i just don't get it myself i don't understand why they would do that but you know there again you know i'm I'm in my seventies and I, and I have been around long enough to, to know and to observe that I have never seen anything bad come out of Halloween. People may create something. They may want to theme it around Halloween being bad or what have you, but I, I don't really see it that way. I, and I don't believe that it's that way. And I don't believe that it was intended to be that way. Now I will tell you, I do know that in a lot of cultures where you have had a lot of death, you're going to have people who might celebrate things, uh, you know, about Halloween or different holidays. And I believe there's something going on in New Orleans or something where there were so many people who died from the yellow death that, that one way for them to, to handle it was to look it in the face and say, hey, buddy, I don't, I can deal with you. You don't scare me. But Halloween has been around you know, really for a long time. And I suspect it will be around still for a long time. But, you know, I just think that people are using it 
are twisting the idea of Halloween. And that's just, that is really, I think, just sad. <laughs> I really do. You wonder, too, if it's because, you know, only so long ago when someone died, passed away, what had people would prepare the body, have the body in their home for the viewing, which is where this is the reason why we send flowers is because people would send flowers, have flowers to mask the smell of the body in the home. We still send flowers to this day. Right. That's and true. And the body was taken to be buried. And I did a, a YouTube video on several different cemeteries and discovered that people used to go to cemeteries for picnics so they could be with their loved ones. Yes. yes. And you'd have kids frolicking yes. around the graveyard um, and people sitting and having their food and drink next to their loved ones body you would never see that now and it's so well cold and calculated how we do funerals now it's so you know austere and someone else handles everything for you so I wonder if part of this is because we've separated ourselves from death and we've let somebody else take care of it for us there's no personalization anymore if you know for want of a better word I, I think that that Right. I really believe you're, you're onto something there. And here's what I would like to say, you know, in the, in the United States, I think, you know, it's safe to say that if you were to die, you know, your, your body would be taken out. You wouldn't even see it. I mean, you're, let's just say a loved one, cause you're not going to see your own body unless you're <laughs> having an out of body experience. And I, and I think that's part of the problem is that we're, we don't see things realistically. Now, of course, this is my opinion, you know, what I have observed and things like this, but, but I do believe there's a lot of truth to that. I think so. And, you know, even back in the day, law enforcement, you would put together a posse, you would go out, you would find the bad guy and you would hang them on the spot you know, or even public hangings. Think yep. about that. People yep. would sell food, uh, drinks. It was a, a public get together. And now only so, you know, yep. if we have an execution, see my cat is, <laughs> is giving his two cents back there. <laughs> He's an expert. Um, and, and if we have an execution, only so many people are invited and it's very cold and austere and it's either, you know, usually, um, the the chemical injection and with a very thick you know it's it's done so differently now I'm not saying that's good or bad it's just we have as you said a disconnection well i think too uh having you know i work at a lot of parties and and the one thing that i see and it's funny that it comes in parties though because a lot of people are having fun and they're not thinking about the you know, the things like we're talking about. So when something comes up about Halloween and maybe it being a little bit different than what they're experiencing at this party atmosphere, you know, they can't deal with it. But, you know, you have to realize that people back years ago, I mean, back in the ancient days, you know, way back caveman days, is it Paleolithic or, you know, that these people did not have calendars they didn't have smartphones i mean it was a harsh life so if you were able to get together with 
friends and loved ones and and see them maybe and and have a, a party whatever you want to call it well you know that would be a rare wonderful event so i think halloween and like any of these holidays would become an important memory i mean don't you have fun when you go to people's houses and you're having a party with them and you say well i remember that party we had back in you know uh 2010 or you know or something like that so ancient peoples were no different at least i don't think so yeah i'll spend a year yeah, really studying the costume but i hear that <laughs> i'm kind of working on some of the things i've already i've been you know i every year i do something really cool for halloween i sew something or make something or something because i love halloween i do too but how did a costuming, lot of the, how did that yeah. all come about where where you know the costumes and and such well i think it's just the same thing you know people want to uh leave their daily life behind they 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 work in jobs that they whatever they like them or they don't like them or whatever but when they go home, they get a and they go to a Halloween party. They get a chance to be somebody else. They get a chance to let go of the daily grind. But I don't think ancient people wore costumes. I I just think that that we have adapted different ideologies and things over time. That you know that they that they probably would roll over in their grave if, if they if they saw us doing it was just be so strange to them but <laughs> halloween is 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 the not halloween as we know it but the idea of being part of a bigger picture you know following the seasons making sure the crops survive and all that that's that's as old as time and and it will stay that way because we all we all eat we all have to you know, be dependent on what the weather may or may not do. I mean, for a lot of people, if you think about it, how would you feel you work all spring and summer for a, a crop and then you have a storm that, that destroys every bit of it? That That's really um, a, a very difficult thing. So if you can celebrate that it was successful, then I think you're on to something. And that, that's, that's how I would see it. You know, Halloween, I don't know. I love Halloween. I love it because it comes in the fall. You know, it, it it's a precursor of the rest of the holidays. And, you know, people get out and they have a good time. And, you know, it, it's just it's just a good time. Well, Gail Carrier, tell us how we can get in touch with you because you're so involved in the tarot readings and genealogy <laughs> you're involved in genealogy history just so yeah yeah things. history you know, just talk and talk and talk so how could people get in touch with you tell us is your do you have a website a number an email yes it's a uh, psychic gale carrier dot com okay and is there anything else that you think would uh would interest my listeners about this whole holiday so they can go out, have a safe time, have a fun time, and uh, you know, impress people on the dance floor that they learned about Halloween this year while they're trying to uh, <laughs> make their move. <laughs> well, 
I think the the idea that the dead walk the earth, the the veils between the um, you know the the life and death open, and people get to communicate. I don't know. That sounds kind of interesting to me because I've had a, enough clients and have family and all this stuff where people have really grieved over the loss of a loved one. So if they find that they're able to use this to make peace with this, I think that would be an amazing thing to happen. All right. You know, so that's just, you know. I think so too. And I love, I love to go, uh, well, they call it ghost hunting now, but I like to do the paranormal exploration. So, all right. Thank you very much and happy Halloween. Oh, definitely. I want to thank Gail Carrier for joining us on this spooky and informative investigation of all things Halloween. It's rich history and an exploration of how the public views the holiday. And I also want to thank D'Artagnan, my cat, for background sound effects. You can reach Gail Carrier at www.psychicgailcarrier.com. That's psychic, P-S-Y-C-H-I-C, Gale, G-A-L-E, Carrier, C-A-R-R-I-E-R, dot com. Hey everybody, I'm Judith A. Yates, true crime author, criminologist, and I support PFLAG. That's parents, families, and friends of LGBTQ, also known as PFLAG. The PFLAG Chapter Network provides confidential peer support, education, and advocacy to LGBTQ and people, their parents, and families, and allies. PFLAG Chapters are in communities in all 50 states, the District of Columbia, and Puerto Rico. PFLAG has been saving lives, strengthening families, and changing laws since its founding in 1973. PFLAG is the first and largest organization dedicated to supporting, educating, and advocating for LGBTQ and their families. PFLAG works to create a caring, just, and affirming world for LGBTQ and those who love them. You can learn more about PFLAG at www.pflag.org. Thank you for joining me on this investigation, exploring true crime, forensics, historic cases, dark history, and criminal theory. This is Best True Crime Podcast. No chatter, no commercials, no off topic. I do hope you will subscribe. This podcast runs off donations only. You can drop us a donation, $35 or more, and I'll send you a signed book. Just go to www.besttruecrime.com. My name is Judith A. Yates, award-winning true crime author, a criminologist, and a paranormal explorer. Thank you for joining me on Best True Crime Podcast, a division of Best True Crime Books 
Games and Video, LLC. Be safe out there.